You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. So this morning, I want you to think about Thanksgiving and what Thanksgiving either looks like now wherever you celebrate Thanksgiving or if you're a little older go back to a time when you were about 12 years old okay do you have that in your mind when you were 12 years old and if you're not 12 you're just thinking about your Thanksgiving right now okay so in your mind so we're talking about a traditional getting ready to feed Big family, turkey dressing, sweet potatoes, turkey gravy, pumpkin pie, pecan pie, the whole nine yards. Somebody has to prepare all of that food. So in your Thanksgiving, in your vision, who's doing all of the work? Mom, okay, grandma, Raise your hand if you're the one doing the work. There's a few hands. I remember, uh, if, if I go back to when I was 12 years old, we had Thanksgiving at our house. And that was like the only time that like we got wine out. So my dad was in charge of the wine. And I didn't even know we had wine glasses. Here's wine glasses. And even when you're 12, you got to drink wine on Thanksgiving, but it was like communion wine, you know. The other thing that he did was he was in charge of the mashed potatoes. But my mom was in charge of everything else. So that gives you a little bit of taste of what was going on when Jesus came knocking on the door at Mary and Martha's house. It is quite an endeavor to get a Thanksgiving meal hot and ready all at the same time because you can't have like the potatoes over here getting cold while the green bean casserole is still cooking. So here's, here's Martha. She opens the door and here's Jesus and all his, his disciples and probably more. It's time to get something ready to eat for them. So if you are one of, the, one of the preparers, let's say you're the Martha, or maybe you can envision who the Martha is at your Thanksgiving dinner. Maybe you're preparing, you're, you're, you're running around, you're doing your thing, and you hear laughter in the next room. Don't you kind of want to know what's going on, what's so funny? You're kind of missing out on it. Or maybe you walk by and, Two family members are, seri- are sitting on a couch and they're having a very serious conversation. And it's like, boy, I sure wish I knew what they were talking about. Maybe I could be helpful. And about that time, the green bean casserole is ready to get taken out of the oven because the timer's going off. So this is Martha. When Jesus and his disciples came knocking at that door, she goes into hostess mode on high octane. I'm thinking she was feeling she was missing out on something too. 
The truth is she was missing out on something. And she became pretty upset with her sister Mary for not helping her. But before we, we dive into that gospel lesson a little bit more specifically, I think it's worth doing a little bit of background information on why Jesus and his disciples knocked on Martha's door in the first place. Because in that same chapter 10 of Luke, that we find the gospel lesson at the end, at the very beginning, Jesus sends out the 72. Do you remember that story? It's not one that we're real familiar with. But there were 72 believers, followers of Jesus, and Jesus sent them out two by two. But he gave them some interesting instructions. He said, don't bring any money, don't bring any luggage, no changes of clothes, and don't even spend time chit-chatting to anyone along the way. you got serious business to do. you got quite a mission. They were, they were going out to literally set the table, no pun intended since we're talking about Martha getting ready for dinner, for Jesus and his disciples to come visit those same villages Let's take a look and see what that looked like in, in Luke, at the beginning of Luke chapter 10. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Whew, well, that's encouraging, right? Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever your house you enter first, say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not... It will return to you and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide for the laborer deserves his wages. So that's exactly what these 72 do, two by two. They travel around all the villages and towns around Jerusalem and they set the table. They let people know about Jesus and this amazing gospel story that he is bringing to the table. And they were very, very successful. They were so excited when they got back. This is what they told Jesus when they got back. Luke 10, 17. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Remember the power of the spirit we've been talking about? Elijah and Elisha, remember that? When Elisha asked Elijah for one thing. He asked for an extra measure of the Spirit. And that's what he got. Well, these 72 that Jesus sends out, they got some Spirit happening. Even the demons listen to them. It's a lot of joy. So, that brings us now to the end of chapter 10. And now we know why Jesus is out there knocking on doors. Because now it's his turn and the disciples' turn. The Lamb of God who takes the way to the sin of the world is going to go spread that message with his disciples. So they knock on Martha's door. And it's, and it's a town that's not very far from Jerusalem. Now, it didn't say what town they're from in our gospel lesson, but if we go farther ahead, Mary and Martha have a brother. And what's his name? Lazarus, and 
when Jesus and his disciples were doing ministry, Lazarus gets sick and he was called back to the town of, begins with B, Bethany. And Bethany is not very far from Jerusalem. So here goes Jesus and disciples and they've been preaching and teaching all day and they go up and knock on Martha's door and she obviously said, peace be with you and they were welcomed. And she got right into Martha mode. A believer has welcomed them into their home. It was time for the two sisters to set their own table and get busy feeding this motley crew. Or was it time? Let's take a look at 1039. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. We've got a problem. Martha is not getting it. So Martha's busy. She's the busybody on Thanksgiving dinner, running around, getting food ready for this group of people because that's who Martha was. But it's not who Mary was. And therein lies our problem today. How dare Mary not help her sister with all the preparations? So what does Martha do? She goes to the boss. She goes straight to Jesus with her complaint. Because to Martha, it seemed like things were crooked. Do you remember when Pastor Gerber last week talked to us about being crooked? And he used the picture of the plumb line. Let's take a look and let's review. So if that plumb line wasn't dangling there, we'd probably think that wall is perfectly straight. But it's not. You see, that plumb line is just like the law. We can never be perfect. We can never be perfect. And so often things do get crooked. So Martha gets distracted. And then she wants to straighten things out. Let's see how that goes. Chapter 10, verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the problem is this. What Mary's doing doesn't need to get straightened out. Her actions aren't crooked. Martha is the one who's not getting it. Her thoughts and feelings, they're the ones that are crooked. And Jesus gently lets her know it in verses 41 and 42. Let's take a look. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Can't you hear the emotion in Jesus' voice? Martha, Martha. Just kind of shaking his head. You're not getting it. Instead of finding joy in serving, she's complaining about Mary not helping her. Mary's finding her own joy, isn't she? And did you catch 
the amazing thing that Jesus says? He says only one thing is needed. So what is that one thing? What is that one thing? Is there a slide up there that says that or not? Oh, there it is. One thing is needed. So what's the one thing? The one thing is sitting, sitting in her living room. It's Jesus. Just one thing. It's Jesus and his saving gospel message. So that's great news, right? No wonder Mary was sitting at the feet, listening and taking it all in. But his good news even got better if you take a look at the, the, the second part of that last sentence. Luke 10, 42. Mary has chosen what is better. And look at the end of that phrase. And it will not be taken away from her. So not only has Mary chosen what is better, according to Jesus, the Son of God, it will never be taken away from her. The one thing, the good news of the salvation of the gospel. Our salvation, the free gift from God accomplished through the suffering, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it can never be taken away from us. Our crooked walls will be straightened out by the blood of the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Mary simply couldn't stop listening. She couldn't stop receiving. Martha couldn't help doing. She kept doing and doing and doing, and Mary kept receiving, receiving, receiving. It really brings up two questions this morning. Let's take a look. Are you doing for Jesus or are you receiving from Jesus? There's a huge difference. Now you see, doing is not all bad. Somebody has to cook the turkey and do the dishes. But when our doing gets in the way of the saving grace and gospel message of Jesus... Well, that's not good. Martha had a reputation to uphold. It seemed fairly obvious to Martha that Mary had the problem. She's the one who wasn't helping. But Jesus flipped that thinking upside down. Martha doesn't see the one thing that is needed. Who's literally preaching and teaching in her living room. Mary just wants to be present with Jesus, the one thing. He's the one thing that can renew, there's our theme, that can renew us when we fall flat on our faces. Martha was consumed with assessing others instead of simply performing what she was called to do. But we don't do that, do we? We don't assess others' faith's lives, I don't think. We don't judge people, do we? You see, Jesus is the only one who knows what's in our hearts. And sometimes we get distracted by doing, doing, doing. 
so busy that we're not in the presence of Jesus. It's so easy spending time evaluating the faith walk of others. And sometimes we don't, or many times we don't maybe self-evaluate our own faith walks. Let's put it a different way. Take a look. There is certainly endangering being an assessment agency for one another. It's kind of a weird way to, to look at it, but it makes sense. We are not in the business of being assessment agents. We leave that up to Jesus. But Martha, she was assessing things. And the way she assessed things certainly wasn't the way that Jesus was assessing things. And, and he's the truth. He's the way. He's the light. So that is exactly what Martha was doing. Martha was doing a lot of doing when you think about it. But doing doesn't get us very far when it comes to our salvation. Until we receive what Christ has freely given us and that's faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. The doing ends up taking center stage and that's not a very good stage to be on. The Apostle Paul in the epistle lesson today, or this morning at 8 o'clock, he had it all figured out. Let's take a peek. Colossians 1, 19 to 20. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. There's the one thing that Jesus was telling Mary and Martha. But Mary understood, Martha didn't. Mary could have been just as distracted by the doing, but instead she sat at the feet of Jesus. And she received his grace through his words. But here's the good news this morning, brothers and sisters. If and when we get caught up and distracted by the doing part of our life, the renewing blood of the cross is there for us each and every day. Because of God's grace, and only by God's grace, we are renewed daily. Our sins are washed away by the blood of the Lamb. So, next Thanksgiving, when you're watching the doer, or the doers, or maybe you're the doer, Take a moment, step back, and remember to be a little bit more like Mary than Martha. It's about the receiving, receiving the one thing that is needed, the saving grace of Jesus, the Lamb of God. The doing will eventually flow out of the receiving. But that's the message for the next couple weeks. This week, let's praise God for his amazing, renewing grace that we receive daily. Amen.